Welcome to the Wedding Street Podcast. Seeking the stillness amongst the chaos. Well, hey, is he there? Is he there? Hello. Hello, Daniel. Oh my God, I did it. How are you? Okay. Give me some news. How's your week been? It's Thursday today, right? Yes, Thursday. Um, I went for a little Thai curry last night. Okay. How's the belly? So far, so good. How's the bum? So far, so good. Not spicy? Uh, not too bad. Just <laughs> just nice. I didn't drink. I had a sparkling water because they're doing the, is it 50% off your bill? Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. To a certain amount. I didn't pay for the bill, so. Oh, a true gentleman. <laughs> My round was last week when it was full price, man. <laughs> so uh, what have you been up to this week, Danny boy? I think I saw you were doing a style shoot or something. Yes. And how did that go? What is a style shoot? Please uh, proceed to inform a noob like myself. I hadn't done one for since I kind of started, really. I had a wedding venue in Shropshire, which I thought was a bit closer than it was, actually. Yeah. Ask me about six weeks ago what I do a style shoot for the wedding venue. Mm-hmm. And it's not really my my jam, but I looked at the, the venue. I was like, oh, you know, times are quiet. So I just thought, bit of practice. So it turned out from me saying yes to me having to organize it. I just thought I was going to be the one taking the photos. And then, <laughs> bam, there you go. Well, so like you had to position the models uh, uh, and so on. Yeah, a lot. But I had to organize all the, the other people because obviously you need a wedding dress, you need uh, a couple, you need stationary people, uh, flowers, cake, all, all the rest of the things that go with the wedding, really. Okay. Um, so yeah, luckily I, I know, obviously, being in the industry, I know quite a lot of people. So I just thought, oh, it's, a, it's a day out. That's good. Yeah, I hope you didn't undervalue yourself on the old quotation then. Uh, if you were expecting to just take photos and you ended up being the organizer. Well, that's the thing, eh? You know, you do one thing and then it leads to the next thing. And then next thing you know, you're you're kind of running the show. Yeah. So yeah, I've got them to edit. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit more obviously it's 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 kind of staged. So it's only for a small part of the wedding do I do I get involved with anything like that, really, with right. a couple's photos. But then you got to do it a bit differently because with couples' photos, I want them to be themselves anyway. With yeah. this, you have to be a little bit more posy. And, yeah. Because I know they want to put it into blogs and use it for their wedding promotion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, so it's yeah, less natural, it's, but still, still nice yeah. photos. Though. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a different day and I enjoyed it. And yeah, the, the wedding venue is really crazy because it's I, huge. I but, saw it on your Instagram story. Yeah, yeah that looks like a fantastic venue. Yeah, nobody knew it existed locally. Which is crazy, right up until a few years back, because it was owned by the Catholic Church and it was kind of kept hush hush. Okay. Um, but what were they, what was the Catholic Church doing with that building? I, no I mean, idea. it's not very religious. No, I have no idea. They were obviously having um, Tupperware uh, parties. <laughs> I was going to say workshops. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> gatherings? And that, but yeah, you, you, I was brought, we were both brought up Catholics, Rob. Uh, yes, we were indeed. And every time they asked you went to church, they're like, have you got any uh, space shrapnel? Which now I know where it was going. Exactly. This building yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the Vatican. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was it was a nice day out in the end. But uh, yeah, all done and dusted. Now I've got to plod along and edit a few photos, I think. Fair enough. 
So yeah, the girls want to submit to to blog posts and all that thing. Some something to do right now. Indeed, yeah, keeps you uh, occupied for the next while. Yeah, I've got another little wee wedding uh, next Friday. Okay, and then I'm going to Bonnie Scotland for ten days. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I can't wait for that. Just yeah. uh, just to switch off. What have you got planned? Uh, actually, randomly, I'm passing Clitheroe, so I'm meeting up with David Scholes. Oh, great. For a, a, a wee dram, no, a coffee, because it'll be in the morning. Ah, sure, you're on um, holiday. There's no cut-off time for the old beers when you're on holiday. Yeah, I agree, but I, but I have to drive, so... That's a different story. One Dan and his van will be going, and then I saw, just above Clitheroe, I saw on... Britain's best walks, a place called Malham. I think it's like the Yorkshire Dales. Never heard. No, I hadn't, but it looks beautiful. I asked Dave and he said, yeah, I believe so. Okay. So we'll go with that. Uh, may do a little tour through the Yorkshire Dales and then may sleep in the van that night and yeah. then end up to Loch Lomond. Fantastic. Because your wife is Scottish, right? She is indeed. She comes from Fife. Fife. I know there's got a Fife indeed. bridge, haven't they? Fourth bridge. I've been over it. Nice. Uh, Glencoe, which will be cool. That will be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it is fantastic, sorry. I, I did something very similar. Did you? Yeah, we took a nice sporty oh. Mercedes into the oh. tour of the Highlands. Absolute dream. And then you proposed, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I actually proposed just before we went to uh, Everest Base Camp. So, oh, also exciting. Man. Yeah. I highly recommend going over to the Isle of Skye. It's beautiful. It's on the list. It's oh, on fantastic. The list. So I guess you'll be going, if you're going to Glencoe, then you'll mm. probably head up on the same route up to Fort William then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Fort William has come up in conversation. Okay, so if you're going Glencoe, Fort William, and if you stay on that main road, the A road, I, can't, I don't know what it is, then you just keep following that road all the way to the port, and then you get the ferry across to the Isle of Skye. Nice. And then you continue driving up and then you drive off the Isle of Skye over the bridge. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you have to go all the way around. Uh, it, it's a long old route in order to get to the bridge. Right. But have a look at the ferry times before you set off just to um, plan it. Luckily, we had a bit of a sporty engine under us, so we could put the foot down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to catch the next down. ferry. Uh, so they're not like the ferry times in Thailand where you get given a time and then it's like whenever the captain can be bothered to drive his Or whenever his you've got enough of a gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you can pay the extra for the extra man space. Oh, so exactly, leave early. Yeah. The, the chartered ferry. <laughs> <laughs> Usually yeah. takes 5,000 people, but if you pay enough, <laughs> we can go exclusively for you. We leave now. Otherwise, we will leave when 100 people turn up. Exactly. That's the way they work, though. Oh, man, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Thai time. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting a taxi uh, the last two years, actually, to do weddings. And I went and did a bit on my own then. And then I tried to get a taxi from my the venue I was staying at to the next. Uh, can I order a taxi? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, how long will it be when it comes? Oh, cool. So <laughs> half half an hour came by. Uh, I went back to the reception. Did you? Is that is that a taxi coming? I told you when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> how okay. dare you ask? So yeah, literally half an hour later, the taxi comes, and she told me, "I told you 
Well, it comes. That's I was like, well, I can't argue. So <laughs> that's fantastic. They came. Yeah, they're brilliant. I love Thai people. So friendly. Yeah, Nikki's uncle's been out there for the last twenty years. He oh, married yeah. a Thai lady, and he absolutely loves it out there. Yeah, I don't blame uh, him. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. We went out there uh, to visit him first. Hmm. He's actually in Chiang Mai. Nice. And then we went to Bangkok, and we did, you know, we did the usual stuff. But when we were in Bangkok, we went to go and see the Imperial yeah, Palace. Bangkok's crazy, eh? Yeah. yeah. And this guy comes over to us and there was a bell ringing behind us at the same time. And he goes, you listen to that bell? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that means the palace is closed for the next hour. And we were like, oh, okay. Really? Oh, that's, that's really nice of you to let us know. Thanks a million. And um, he goes, <laughs> I have a map. Do you want this map? You can take it and I can show you where, where you should go for the next hour. It's it's beautiful. And we were like, oh, man, this guy is so nice. Nick, we'll give him a tip. Yeah, yeah, we'll give him a tip. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll get you a tuk-tuk. So jumped in this tuk-tuk and, oh, my Lord, brought us around all of these factories where they would bring tourists and they would try and sell you all sorts of stuff, jewelry, stones, marble statues, Anything you can imagine, they were yeah. trying to sell it to you. Yeah. And we were just saying, listen, bring us back, bring us back, bring us back. And he was like, just one more, one more. Every time I go into this place, I get money for petrol. I need to feed my kids and all of this stuff. I was mm. like, oh my God. <laughs> After the 10th factory, we were like, okay, change of tone. Bring us back now, buddy, or there'll be consequences. You'll see the Irish twist. Oh, brought us back. And the, the, the palace wasn't even closed, man. It was just a complete scam. Yeah. An absolute scam. I can imagine. So, oh, that, that was, uh, we were burnt. We, we learned our lesson after that day. Yeah. You have to experience these things to, to learn and say, you really do. You really do. Not today. It's a real pity. I wasn't into photography then either. Oh man, so many places I've been to and I wish I was into photography. Yeah, you would have had some amazing shots, right? I mean, I had this uh, Sony Cybershot. (laughs) Do you remember those? Like a flip down screen, Sony Cybershot. And I was looking at the photos, I I don't know, maybe last year or whatever. And the difference in in what you would take a photograph of then was, oh my Lord. It It was literally switch it on. Bam. It's terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. But the memories are still there. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, you could go back to some of these one day with a with a different uh, different eye. Yeah, I definitely gotta go back out there again with a with a decent camera. With our yeah. with our new Fuji Fuji. Fuji. Fuji Fuji. How is your Fuji? It's great. It's absolutely fantastic for taking photos of our little princess, Elaria, yeah, because yeah. it's got the electronic shutter. Um, because I, I really don't want to have a camera stuck in our face all the time as mm. much as I'd love to. So I, I was thinking about like getting a, a cheap teddy and cutting out the inside. <laughs> uh, anyone tuning in right now would be, what is this? Yeah, but, but it could work, right? If you, if you cut out the inside and just cut a hole in its belly and have the lens sticking out of that hole, then they're not going to have a camera in their face every five seconds. <laughs> But a, head, a nice cuddly teddy. I can imagine like Ilaria's like when she's eight in school and they ask her, like, have you got any stories about home and stuff? And then she'll come up with that. <laughs> I once found my dad was spying on me. He kept, <laughs> kept, kept a hole in the teddy and put a camera. Like, I'm not sure it's a good move, dude. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I, I'm going to try it anyway. Maybe we'll just see stick what the happens. camera in the face. <laughs> 
Sid has learned to live with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying consciously not to have the phone in her face or the camera in her face every yeah, every day. But it's very hard, you know, when she she's developing and she's growing and she's doing all these new things now and you just want to capture it all yeah especially for our parents and family they absolutely love these videos and pictures yeah i say it must be difficult for them because you're switzerland this they're still in ireland yeah yeah obviously scotland uh, Scotland, ireland yes yeah so it's really nice to send that over to them you know yeah i can imagine but um yeah so the fuji would fit really nicely inside a teddy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the D750 less so if there's any teddy bear makers out there can you make a personalized uh, Fuji holder for, for come on Rob? man I think there's a niche market there <laughs> Dragon's Den Eureka yeah, yeah. You, you shoot weddings with the D850 right yeah so it was kind of weird going back to that last week with the, my little three hour wedding yeah um, I had to read the manual again I was up all night reading that yeah you have a couple of them <laughs> uh, yeah, I use two, one with a 35, one with an 85, and then I have a little 24 mil yeah. in my pocket just in case I need something a bit wider. What? Um, why did you actually choose the D850? What brought you to that camera? I was using the D750s, which were great. Yeah. And the files were great. The editing files are great on the, the dynamic range, the shadow recovery, just wham, bam. Yeah. But then it lacks in other things, like the buffer was pretty poor and... It's a pain sometimes, yeah. Yeah, the shutter would play up on them because they had issues. I probably should have taken it in and had it done, but that would stick up now and again. So you'd have to take the lens off, flip flip the mirror up with your finger and then go again. I've got exactly the same with both of my bodies. Yeah. It just jams up, right? Yeah. So not cool when the bride is coming down the aisle, you know? It, not cool at all. Yeah. It actually only ever happens to me on my first shot. So when mm. I switch on the camera and I take yeah. a shot, it'll jam. Uh, then I switch off the camera and back on again, and it's all good. Yeah. So it's never happened to me uh, mid-shooting. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. And they explode as well, don't they? Supposedly. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's, that wouldn't go down well in a church either, No, would it? definitely not. So yeah, uh, and then, yeah, the 850 was just like a bit of an upgrade and everything, and built like a tank. Um, that is true, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, what is it, 42 or, f- I think it's 46 megapixels. So I didn't re- and didn't need all that. So yeah. I, I shoot it in a, a l- raw, large file, 12-bit lossless compressed. So nice. yeah. I'm, I'm no tech geek, but I, I know that's not the biggest file. So the biggest file is a big file. With 14 and obviously hard drive space, yeah. memory card space, you're just like, oh, I don't need that. So yeah. I did a little test to see what's, what they also do like a small and medium roll. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. But the shadow recovery and dynamic range was better in the 12 bit large lossless compressed than it was in the medium. Yeah. And is a little bit bigger file, but I just thought the trade off is, is worth it. Yeah. So I've stuck with that. Yeah. No, so it's literally sense. half the size of the main file. So yeah. For the, so yeah, for, it's, it's not too bad then. Yeah. But it's, it's a good camera. It, uh, you know, with mirrorless now, I've shot with Sony's and silently. And when you're outside with the A7 III, it's cool. Obviously, you need the A9 inside yeah. with, with the artificial lights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, the, it's smaller, it's easy, it's cool. But I still trust the Nikons, you know? Yeah. I remember when the D850 was released and I was really excited about it. I was reading about it. And, and one of the things that excited me the most about the camera was the backside illuminated yeah. sensor, the BSI. Yeah. Are you familiar with this tech, Danny boy? 
Uh, kind of, but you elaborate, Rob, because you're really going to go to town on it. <laughs> so you flip the sensor 180 degrees versus right. traditional lost, CMOS sensors. Lost already now. <laughs> I go. Uh, yeah. And you basically collect the light, the photons, through the back of the sensor rather than the front of the sensor. So the photons end up in the same place, hmm. um, collected in the photodiodes. But the advantage is... When you do it from the back, you don't have all of the circuit metallization getting in the way. So in theory, you've got a larger area to collect more light. So what I thought Roger. was you'd have a very high signal to noise ratio, so very low noise, yeah. and the dynamic range should be, should be enormous. But that wasn't the reality, and I was really surprised about that. Yeah, not in the A9, because I bought one to do a wedding on an island. Yeah. Didn't read the manual, didn't practice, just took it and just shot with it. Yeah. Yeah, coming back and editing the files, man, the the, the noise in the shadows. Because the way I edit, I take quite a lot of the shadows out and bring them back around in certain areas. Exactly, yeah. So I, I've removed the shadow. I was like, geez, put that back. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was really shocking for me, yeah. yeah. I had the D850 out on rent for five days yeah. um, just to try it out. And exactly that. Like with the D750, you, you can actually be a complacent photographer. Yeah. Because you can recover pretty much any file yeah. unless you're completely out. But, you know, yeah. as a professional, I guess that shouldn't really happen. No. But with a D850, yeah, I, I wasn't as, um, it was no way as flexible as it was with a D750. No, it's on, not. In that but, respect. but uh, yeah, the 750s, you spoiled to those, really. Yeah, yeah. Have, what Unless, about this? Are, are you tempted with this new Canon R5 and R6? Well, they look, they look good. So there was on the R5, you know, that one's geared towards videography. Video, yeah. And there was a comment on uh, Facebook that I was reading and it never really clicked to me before. But stealing um, stills from from video footage. Mm. And I thought like you'd genuinely never miss a moment if you were to do that. No, don't um, tell everyone this, Rob. We've got a job. <laughs> yeah, but could you imagine culling it? It'd be crazy. Uh, and and the thing is, I mean, it's not just a, a crappy JPEG or a, or, or a, a low resolution still. Yeah. It's actually 8K raw data. Crazy. That That is absolutely mental, isn't it? Uh, if, if, you, if you're only doing one wedding a year for £100,000, you don't mind culling that, do you? You don't mind spending a week culling. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> and just it's, rip it's, out the best bits. It's really insane. I mean, that's where we're going now, though. I mean, yeah, could you could you imagine, crazy. right, having a camera set up somewhere like so on the, down the aisle, let's say, right? You've yeah. got a camera set up just fixed there, filming at 8K raw footage. And you're taking your shots at the same time. Well, I yeah. guess you won't even need to. No. But basically, then you just go back and you just pick the best ones from the from the video footage. It's the way to go, Rob. It's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's so much data. I've just bought yeah. five new hard drives for my DAS. And they're not cheap still. I mean, they're still not cheap. huh? No. As for, like, I mean, it's grand if you want to buy one or two. But if you have to buy five. Oh, man. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, used- and forget that they're just uh, standard drives. They're not solid state. Yeah, I use the G technology and yeah, they they look cool. They, they you know, so far so good. They've been great. But yeah, they're not they're not cheap either. Not not solid state though, right? No, no, they're not. Yeah. Um I've got a little little portable solid state ones. 
Yeah, um, I, but like travel. one terabyte or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, you, you which go are really good. Four or five, eight terabytes, and you oh man, it's you just can't afford that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need it. I mean, honestly, if I could, I would get solid state for my NAS and for my DAS. I mean, I don't need the transfer rates, but they are they run cooler, uh, they're quieter, they are more energy yeah. efficient. And no. there's no moving parts, so It'll less come, chance of something going uh, wrong. They're going to make ways of making these files smaller, surely, you know? Oh, maybe. I, I doubt it, though. I, I think it's going to go the other oh, way. I think they're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, because the, the price of storage is coming down all the mm. time, so it's not going to be an so issue. So they don't care about it. Um, so right. they don't care anymore. And the speeds of these, like Thunderbolt 3, 40 gigabits per second, I mean, the amount of bandwidth you've got is it's just... It's future proof for the next uh, for the yeah. next while. That's for sure. Exactly. So it's really not an issue. It's not a limitation at all. Yeah, um, everyone out there, um, we will be translating uh, Robert's speech through this podcast because <laughs> I have no idea what the hell he's on about. <laughs> I, I do have uh, Tech Radar on my home screen. What on my that? on my on my phone? What so? I, you mean the news? The tech yeah, radar the news. news. Tech radar news. Okay. So uh, I do Ian read. Gadget. Our end gadget is a really good one. I can highly recommend. One. Right, I'll get that on. Yeah, I love that one. And I have what else do I have? On my have you got photo pills? No, what's that? Oh, this is fantastic. You got to have photo pills. And what? Tell me more. I. You can basically pump in um, your camera settings, and it'll give you depth of fields. So how much? Oh, how right, many right. meters are? or less of depth of field you should expect with this particular setting and this lens and so on. It's, I mean, you're a pro. You you can probably know that already from experience. I go Um, with my calibrated eye. Yeah. (laughs) But if you want to be, if you want to get a really shallow depth of field in a group shot um, Mm. and you don't want to overcook it, you you can fine tune it. You know, you can say how far away you are from the subject. You can say what lens you're using, what, and then it'll give you an F-stop and then it'll give you the depth of field that you can expect. Yeah. So I like that. And you can also then plan uh, the day. uh, So where the sun will be at X time. Stuff like that. I think it's really nice. And where the northern lights are? Uh, Probably. That I use uh, Planet. P-L-A-N-I-T. Planet. And the Milky Milky Way. Milky Way. Yep. Likewise. The same one. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. Oh, man. The tech is just baffles me. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite app? Yeah, my, my favorite app is uh, Sausage of the Day. Sausage of the Day? Yeah. Does that just give you a daily image of a sausage dog? Not just one sausage dog, hundreds of sausage dogs. Oh, really? <laughs> is it a community? Are you posting them, the, your photos there as well? Uh, no, no, no. You are, I, Dan, I know that. you are. I know I, you are. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I do watch the odd sausage dog video on YouTube when I'm editing. I bet you but do. I'm only obsessed with my dog, not, not everybody else's sausage yeah. dog. I do love them. They're cool. They're cute. But, yeah. uh, it's exactly the yeah. same with kids, man. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see your own kid in a completely different light to everybody else's. Like, oh, my little blue-eyed child. <laughs> exactly. And everybody yeah. else is thinking, little swine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm actually hoping to train Ilari up to be in my band. So, oh, there we are. We're gonna have to get an old drum kit in here. Do all your do all your work for you. Do all your editing. Come well, on. that as well. That would be good. Yeah, but one step at a time. I, I'm I'm desperate to have a band, so uh, she could be part of of that there band. Do you need a singer? Um, yes. Uh, I I know that you're a keen singer. Uh, <laughs> at least judging the uh, 
efforts you've put in in the last couple of podcasts. Do you want to be in my band, my band, my band? Do you want to be in my band, my band? <laughs> we should definitely have a podcast where I'm uh, Actually, jamming we can't and you're that, singing. Can we? It's, it's, what's his name? Gary. Gary Glitter. Yeah. Sack that bit. God, it's crazy what you can and can't say nowadays, isn't it? Indeed. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let that stop you. Yeah. Dan, you yes. once visited the London Street Photography Festival in London. I did indeed. That was last year, was it? Yeah, that was last August. Yeah. So... What is it? It's a festival where you you wear wall paint and you take your top off and dance around like a Yeti. Have you got white gloves on, glow sticks? <laughs> Optional. Optional. No, it's a, it's a festival held in Hackney. All about street photography, like a three-day festival. They have a meet-and-greet dinner on the Friday. Then they have uh, all talks. And then they did like a workshop on the Monday for three days. So okay. I, I was relatively new to street photography. So I Googled it and thought, oh, cool. And some photographers like Matt Stewart were there. So everyone, street photography-wise, would know his work from he's from the UK. Right. So he was giving a talk. I thought, oh, cool. And then I saw a, like a workshop with a guy, Jeff Mermelstein. And like, I had done wedding photography workshops and things in the past. So I just thought, oh, well, just have a look from a different perspective of a workshop, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's so cool. yeah, I signed up for that on a whim. I went there, rocked up, didn't know anyone, friendly place, uh, really enjoyed. Um, so they got all, they have like competitions, they got all the, the prints all along the wall. So yeah, some talent out there. Yeah, no, it sounds really good. I met some really good people and um, yeah, stayed in touch with the people on the workshop who were all like keen, keen street photographers who knew everything about street photography. And I was there going, who, uh, what, uh, where, when, how? I've been there, man. I've been there. Yeah. And they all had their Leicas and their top of the range Fuji. And I rocked up with a Sony. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. And they looked down at you and you go, what is <laughs> I was on a similar uh, style workshop in Barcelona with Paul Buscato. Yeah, and um, there was a group of us of six or something like that, and yeah. they all had their Leicas and the Fujis and and so on, and I had the D seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, it stood out like a sore and that's thumb. even worse. Yeah, yeah. At least mine was a bit smaller. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's just really something different because they are they have like they've got these festivals all over the world run by the different people, but they've got Miami. Italy, what San like Francisco. Miami Street Photography Festival? Yeah, uh, ah right. So is it like a is it like a, a franchise? No, I think they all inter network together and push each other in a way. I, I believe. So hold on a minute. Could we start a burn um, street yes, photography festival? Yes, you could. I don't think there's one in Switzerland. I may be wrong. Boom! Let's do it. Yeah, we'll have uh, five guests initially. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just slowly build yeah so yeah on this uh this workshop um i met the well the people who run it and really friendly and yeah one of them is on today mary yes mary who Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary, Queen of Scots. Okay. Yeah. Actually, she's the Queen of Latvia originally. Okay. 
Yeah. She's just Mary. Nobody needs to know any more than that, Rob. Okay, fair enough. Mary it is. Mary, Mary. Oh, you Mary. How's things? Mary. Will, will you have Lond- a cup of tea? Mary London Street Photography Festival, Mary. Okay. Uh, how do you know Mary? You know Mary, right? Uh, yes, Mary Timakova. Uh, yeah, she came, kind of came on the workshop as well for the three days. She was kind of sitting in the background. So you, you obviously get to know to know her. And yeah, the, the, the actual workshop we did was they give you like like things to go and do, like little tests. Like uh, I'll give you an example. Go and sit in one spot for one hour and don't move and see where you come back with. Oh, wow. Yeah, but you can pick the spot. Yeah, it's totally up to you. You ju- you just do it after the class. Okay. In your spare time, really. And guess where I picked? Go on. A pub. <laughs> <laughs> Clever yeah. boy. Hey, well, there's no flies on me, Robert. I like it, my man. Clever boy. <laughs> so, Dan, let's get Mary Tomahova on. We've done enough chat. I want to hear more about the street photography festival from Mary herself. Wise move. Shall we get her on? Let's do it. Boom. Welcome to the Wedding Street Podcast. Seeking the stillness amongst the chaos. Hey, a very warm welcome from myself and Dan to Mary Timahova. How are you getting on, Mary? Hi, guys. Hey, Mary. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Can't complain. Over in Switzerland here, the weather is stunning. So, yeah, I can't complain either. I'm only 90 minutes from you. So I'm guessing we have a mixture of blue skies and cloud. The weather here has been pretty good. I'm just a bit concerned it's going to go bad by the weekend, you know, as it usually does. Supposedly it is. And I have actually got a wedding tomorrow for the first time in a long, long time. You just need to specify that you're shooting it, you know. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm not getting married tomorrow. (laughs) Nobody wants me. Nobody loves me. Yeah. When is that big day happening? Uh, I'm too young, Robert. And plus, you can't marry your sausage dog. (laughs) (laughs) Mary, are you familiar with Dan's little sausage monster? (laughs) Yeah. There is actually a funny story about that. Oh, God. I usually bombard Dan with questions about like, doggy pigs, doggy pigs. And then at some point, my, my husband came home and I go like, remember Dan from Jeff Mermelstein's workshop? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's just been uh, showing me the picture of his sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, mm, okay, uh. I need a bit more context. <laughs> awesome. No, 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 no context. Uh, just leave it there. I'm going to get some big grizzly men after me in the future, aren't I? we might take that one out of context as well then (laughs) Uh, make it i'll take anything i can get at this age i hit 40 in april during lockdown mary so oh happy birthday yeah thanks (laughs) i think it's more commiserations mary (sighs) no it's i made it i can't believe i made it i got there (laughs) i mean if you made it through 27 you're fine (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember much of it, but I made it. By hook or by crook, I got there. Good. Yeah. So, Mary. Yeah. Tell us why we're talking to you. Well, hopefully because you like me. (laughs) Uh, That goes without saying, Mary. Tell them them another reason. Um, I'm one of the organizers of the little thing that's called London Street Photography Festival. Uh, We are the biggest street photography festival in the UK. 
currently in our fourth year. And that's actually how I met Dan, because he came last year to the festival. And we also had a workshop uh, with Jeff Marblestein, which Dan was there for. So, yeah. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. No, it it was really good because, yeah, I had literally just started street photography that year. And yeah, it was all a new experience to me. And I must say, I felt very, very welcome straight off the bat. Thank you. Yeah, no, um, the welcome, really good. And yeah, uh, the talks were all really good. And obviously the Jeff Mermelstein workshop, we met some good people on, yeah? Yeah, really nice bunch of people, really nice gang. Still all keeping in contact. Yeah, we have a little WhatsApp group, Rob, where um, there's people from all over the world in there, isn't there? Dubai, Wall is in Germany and the Maldives. Well, right now he's in Germany, yeah, but usually he's in Maldives. And we all love you, hate him for that. Yeah, so depressing. Do you have a membership program on the uh, London Street Photography Festival? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, first of all, the festival itself is free. Like, it's free right. to come. We we don't take any charge for tickets because that's what we agreed on, like, first day that we decided to, to make the festival. Like, if we can survive without tickets, we won't charge, especially because we do it in uh, northeast London in a lovely space called Stower Space. It's by Liverpool Tower in Hackney, just overlooking the stadium. And it's a, it's a really good community hub. So a lot of people just come there, like on the weekend. They've got a lovely cafe, a terrace, just, you know, like on the river. So people just come in, not just photographers. So we decided we're not, we're not charging. The only thing we charge for is the workshop and contests when people send us okay. uh, the photos for contests. Yeah. yeah. It's a really cool venue, Rob, like really hip funky chilled there's buildings like old industrial buildings uh covered in really cool graffiti with people actually living in it to one side yeah. Awesome. yeah it's really cool really cool yeah they, they they run a few artist studios on site as well and the most important thing they sell booze <laughs> yeah that is very important oh uh, yeah detrimental every time <laughs> do you have a bit of a gathering um afterwards you know like a bit of a party a few, a few drinks afterwards or is there just too many people well that's what we do like usually on friday it's just the opening night so it's basically just meet and greet hug hug well that didn't age well well talk to people with two meter distance the people you haven't seen for a while uh, yeah. grab a drink, go to the terrace and then um, Saturday, Sunday, on Saturday we usually move to another space because we used to, we actually used two spaces so Star Space is the main one the other which is also great is the Old Bath, about 10-15 minutes walk, walking from Star Space, also in Hackney and we're on the thing called Street Dinner basically a local chef uh, cooks a bunch of food for photographers uh, we do sell tickets for that one. We've got drinks, we've got live music. Um, so there's that. And then on Sunday, uh, Star Space just keeps open until, you know, until we keep on buying drinks. So, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, on- honestly, considering I didn't know anyone, very welcome in some really great talks and, yeah, inspirational talks. Because coming from a wedding photography perspective, it was it was new to me, you know. Um, are you a photographer yourself, Mary? Uh, no, not really. So um, I'm not actually from photography background. So my background is in journalism and then in art history. 
But uh, mind you, I work in medieval manuscripts and medieval art pieces. But um, I mean, still, you know, I've got a trained eye, uh, which helps a lot in here. Yeah. And my and my journal background ha- has a lot helps a lot because I do lots of communications, uh, you know, approaching sponsors, talking to people, etc., etc. Um, my my husband Dmitry Stepanenko, he's also a co-organizer. He's a street photographer. So that's how I kind of got involved in everything. Um, right, I see. Yeah, a few years ago, I can't remember. It was probably 2015. I really don't remember. We went to Miami Street Photography Festival because Dimitri was a judge there. And then at some point we got back and we were like, uh, well, okay, we don't have anything like that in the UK. Um, uh, Brussels Street Photography wasn't there either at the moment. We actually met Danny, who runs Brussels, uh, that year in Miami. And that's also how he got the that's idea awesome. of doing the festival. So we didn't really have anything in, in, in Europe, to be fair, which would, which would be dedicated to photography. Um, so yeah, so that's how that came about, to be fair. Um, ah, cool. And then we got, then we got Sarah Nicomedi, who's also our co-curator, the amazing, amazing person. Uh, she was volunteering with us the first year, and then we kind of just approached her, like, do you want to keep on doing this? And then another person who's involved is our produ- production di- director, um, Joe Keys. Um, he, he came first year, and then he was like, well, I work for a production company. Do you guys need help with that? Uh, so, yeah, so he does that. Ah, oh, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. That worked out really well then. Last year was actually the first year I went to a talk because usually I'm just running all over the place or I'm in the bookshop. And and last year we had amazing, amazing volunteers. Um, <laughs> so yes, I was I, w- I was able to attend Jeff's talk for the first time like in three years finally. So so this is my intake on street photography, Rob. I signed up to a workshop to a photographer I'd never heard of. This is my ignorance to street photography at the time. So everybody was like on the workshop, a massive Jeff Mermelstein, who's a New York uh, photographer whose work is great. And he's been doing it, what, 40, 50 years, Mary? Uh, yeah, old 50 years. Like, Rob, imagine if it's a movie festival and we've got Martin Scorsese. Yeah, it's a big deal. And and I, I, I didn't know have Jeff no Mermelstein. idea. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the best thing about Jeff Mermelstein, he didn't talk about any of his photos, which I found totally different coming from a wedding photography perspective. It was all about people's photos that he admired. And and then he'd ask, can you see some of our photos? And yeah, and I was I was all new to street photography. So but yeah, sure, sure. And everybody who showed a photo, he would say, This photo reminds me of such and such street photographer and he would name the image and I, I just thought his his memory of all these images was just insane. He's just like a library. Photographic memory. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah, he has lots of background in teaching photography and you can really feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was really good. Really good. Yeah, no, I've 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 followed his work for a long time. Yeah. He's absolutely fantastic. So you're really happy with getting Jeff Mermelstein. Yeah. Who else would you like to get? Well, this year we got Joel Mayer of it. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so that was great. Actually, Jeff helped a bit with that because, you know, like people like Joel, you, you don't necessarily know how to approach them. Yeah, so Jeff was like, okay, I sent him an email telling that you, you're going to ping him. So, 
So there's that. Uh, we've got some people that we're keeping in mind. One of them would be Georgi Pinhasov. Okay. Thinking about Harry Guer would be another who's on mm. our list, definitely. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I've got one of his books. Very good. It's amazing. My favorite street photographer, Alex Webb. Alex Webb uh, with Rebecca, especially since I know that they do amazing workshops. Like I've been told by lots of people that their workshops are amazing. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Every everyone's got suffering of light, right? That was my first street photography book. If I remember correctly, Dan, you love it that much. You've even got two versions of it, right? This is true. Yeah, somebody else bought it for me as well, and I didn't have the heart to tell them <laughs> that I've already oh. got it. <laughs> if anybody wants to buy a, a, a book, uh, please write and get in contact with me. <laughs> you know, you always can bring it to the uh, LSPF bookshop, right? Yeah, good idea, good idea. Because, yeah, Rob, yeah, so at the festival, they have a bookshop too. Yeah, so the thing is, we, we're kind of we're trying to, to create a hub because, you know, because lots of photographers come in from abroad and they don't necessarily have time to go to a bookshop especially like dedicated to street photography so uh, we run a small thing where firstly photographers can bring their own books so we have lots of self-published uh, books and zins uh, last year we started working with samson hudson so they send us a bunch of street photography books as well and also what happened last year is people would bring in the secondhand books so they just tell me What's the price? We don't take commission. So yeah, people just come in and, and buy a bunch of books, which is always nice. That's really nice. Yeah, it is cool. And um, Mary, me and Rob actually spoke to uh, Marco, who started iShot magazine. Yeah, Marco mm -hmm. Savareza. And this is yeah. where I saw his magazines, Rob, at the bookshop here. Yeah, yeah, they're a beautiful publication. Did you see, Mary, that he's just starting a book launch from famous Not really, but send me a link. I think I saw something. But, you know, the amount of, like, photography-related links I go through. <laughs> I've just sent it to you now. Um, so he's publishing uh, a series of books on various street photographers. Kind of like great masters. Yeah, yeah, he's got Vinit Vora on there. Matt Stewart. Yeah. Secret, yeah, just go and have a look. Yeah, yeah. Vinit was with us first year. He's a really good friend of Dimitri's. They, they are at the same photography collective uh, called the Street Collective. So Vinit came to London uh, first year. Oh, that, that's a really good, good uh, list of people he has. He's got a really nice list of people, yes. They look really well put together as well, in fairness. I mean, he puts, you can s clearly see he puts a lot of love and attention into the magazine publications. And I've no doubt he will do exactly the same thing for these books. Yeah. Yeah. Next level. So, Mary, obviously you said yeah. you didn't come into street photography from a photographer's perspective. But yeah. has anyone really caught your eye and you just go, wow, their photos are like, something else well i as i mentioned i live i really love her viewer i love his aesthetic and i really love pastel colors mm. to be fair mm. another thing that's really close to my heart which i can't be really that trusted on is the photography of my husband Dmitry stepadenko look it up it's really good it you're biased are you i am biased but he's a really good street photographer yeah um he, no i know I've, I've seen his work also yeah, yeah he 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 has just like such a good appreciation to color and to abstract things um i like yogi Hasov as well 
I like Soul Lighter. Yeah. Recently, I I really started liking work on Greg Girard. Mm. I th- I think he's like one of those a bit underappreciated photographers working now. Yeah. I like like I really like Giacomo Vesprini, the Italian photographer, but he doesn't do that much of a shooting recently, mm. which is a shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people disappear for a while and then recoup, regroup, and come back all inspired. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you know when when you're not feeling it, you know, yeah. it's better to stop for a while. Mm, totally. So, but but I mean, there there is another school of thought that would tell you, well, you just need to stick with it. Like, really, you don't feel like, but go outside, stand there for an hour. Yeah. You know. So. Do you have any photographers' work hanging on your wall at home? Oh yes, we've got we've got a picture from Ukrainian photographer Mikhail Palinchak. Which was given to to Dmitry by him, and then we also have two works by another Ukrainian photographer, Alexander Yakimchuk, who had a personal exhibition uh, second year of the festival. Uh, he does uh, black and white pictures of Odessa, Ukraine, and that's where my husband is from. Okay, cool, cool. Are they color or black and white? Uh, those are black and white, and uh, and we color. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have to check them out. Yeah, I was just trying to Google it there as you were saying it, but I, I'm failing to spell. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get it to you. Yeah, send some links. Yeah, do, Mary. do, do, please, please. So obviously, Mary, this year, things have uh, taken a turn for well, the worst, shall we say, and life is a bit unexpected. Yeah, there's no physical location in Hackney anymore to go to, right? So what's your plan B? Well, so this year, the obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, there won't be like a in flesh live version of the festival. We went to on to decide that we are doing an online version this year. We can socially distance from our homes, and then more people can tune in. And just like recently, it's been confirmed with jokies that we will be broadcasting from a studio. So we booked into um, a studio up in Birmingham. There will be two presenters and then we'll be using, uh, you know, all the mod cons to get people to talk to us live. We'll be taking audience questions, et cetera, et cetera. Still sorting out like the the smaller bit. But yeah, yeah, we'll be broadcasting it live. There will will be a recording, uh, which is going to be on our YouTube page. Uh, Brilliant. Awesome. So that's August the 25th to 28th. Is it August the 25th to 28th? No, it's 28th, 30th. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at last year's. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's always all August Bank Holiday weekend. Gotcha. A lot of people go to shoot Notting Hill Carnival on Monday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't usually go. I just come around 8-ish. To a pub where everyone's gathered for a few drinks. Wise. <laughs> so uh, you also uh, were speaking with Forrest Walker, yeah? Who uh, actually came on the podcast with myself and Rob. Yeah, Forrest, a great friend. They're a really good photographer. Yeah, he was really interesting listening to him. And so Forrest, as, as you know, is 100, 105 uh, cities. 100 cities, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, amazing, amazing. Great chatting to him. Really great. Yeah, he, he's working on publishing um, the whole thing. Uh, we were actually, you know, we were hoping that 
if the festival would go ahead, he would bring, you know, just some fresh copies, like first copies to the festival, but not this time, unfortunately. Yeah. So guys and girls and listeners and everyone out there, Forrest will be on the podcast after this one. Because <laughs> Mary's, Mary's pushed her way in, right? You've bullied us. You've come with you've come with some Latvian Latvian feist. Yeah, everyone can hear that I'm like really scary. <laughs> <laughs> she really is, Rob. She really is. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, like so that people still do those big projects because obviously, you know, lots of newspapers and magazines, they don't keep on staff photographers anymore. Even even huge newspapers that would have one or two on staff photographer and they they would just go commission per commission so lots of people you know you can't imagine sebastiano salgado going to the gulf or to africa for five years in 2020 you know so yes i really like the fact you know that people still do those big projects yeah he said he wanted something that no one no one not many people are doing something new a new challenge and yeah, to give up everything and just go travel the world for f- a few years, traveling to different cities. Yeah, I'd, oh, man, I'd love to do that. I mean, it's everybody's yeah. dream, right? <laughs> but then you listen to the stories of what some of the things he's had, had to, you know, endure along the way, and you think, mm, actually, it doesn't. It's not always as you know, hunky and chunky and dory as social media gives the impression. Yeah, and I mean, also, I mean, it's hard to be on the road for a few years. You know, for sure, for sure. It's it's one one thing when you go traveling like for a month or two or three or even like six months, but when you are on the road for what has he been like maybe four years or so? Yeah, I think maybe, maybe five more? even. Yeah, yeah. So, so the hardest thing for me would be like uh, finding the right backpack to keep my sausage dog in. That would be the mm-hmm. part, that uh, that would take up so much of my time. <laughs> yeah. And your cat. Yeah, honestly, if you're not a student anymore, um, traveling for more than one month, it becomes quite challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I backpack after two months in Australia, I needed a little bit of stability and I missed miss the normality of day-to-day things and pop into the shops, pop into the gym, getting to know local people. So, yeah, to do it for five years is fair play. Um. Quick question, yep. Mary. The London Street Photography Festival, right, as the name would suggest, is in London. Yep. Could you foresee it ever being sort of a traveling thing? So you, you have a special event in, in a different country somewhere, like, for example, New York? That's one of the things we, we have been talking about. But I think in theory, we'd like to be more based in the UK. Like, even if we go somewhere for like a, a one-off, that will be somewhere around the UK because I think that New York has so many photography things. That's, yeah, you exactly. Know, they don't necessarily need us. I don't think we can bring something new to their market. So, yeah, maybe maybe somewhere in the UK. Cardiff. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Get us a venue. Get there us a go. venue. The Millennium Stadium or the Principality Stadium, as it's known now, where Wales which play rugby. One is ru- which one is rugby played in? Yeah, the Principality. It used to be the Millennium. I think it's around 75,000 you can hold. So, Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our daily intake. Aim high. You'd be doing well to see those prints from the back seats, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you'd have, to big some, uh, you'd have to have some big prints for that. <laughs> yeah, but hey, 
watch this space. So, Dan, wh- are you I'm happy? I'm always happy, Robert. Mary, are you happy? Yeah. Are there any questions, Mary, you had for myself or Rob about anything? Anything at all? Well, guys, you just put yourself on this pod. Um, yeah, well, that's what. That's yeah, what we, we can love. edit this, mind. Don't forget. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, what what are your thoughts on you know? Because I think the lockdown has made lots of people to think through uh, some things and kind of get a different perspective on things. So um, some photographers keep on shooting during lockdown. What's your kind of perspective on how how we're gonna see this lockdown photography? Maybe in a while, sometime when we hopefully get back to normal. Uh, a seventy two hundred lens is your new friend, as opposed to a twenty eight mil or a thirty five millimeter lens. <laughs> I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, basically, I, I, I kind of shoot can... nice and close to people sometimes, but obviously, I've gone out once or twice around Cheltenham, where I live, during later in lockdown, where things have opened up a little bit. But I've been, you know, made sure I'm a certain distance from people, not to scare people. And yeah, it's been it's been a bit strange, you know, because people are reacting differently right now. People are not so carefree, and which which is understandable. So yeah, maybe that long lens that the Ministry of Defence used from offshore may come in handy, or the one that you used to spy on your neighbours with, Dan. <laughs> yeah, how about you, Rob? Pretty much the same as you, Dan. I think it's important to stay safe first and foremost. For sure. But I think there's a real opportunity to get a good street shot. Yeah. That's very time specific when Mm. you've got everybody walking around the city wearing masks and, you know, using hand sanitizer and staying one meter apart from each other. I think subject separation should be really quite easy at the moment. (laughs) But um, I think there's a real opportunity out there. I'm going to get out there with a camera when things ease off a little bit. See if I can capture something. But yeah. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Right. So thank you very much for your time, Mary. It's been uh, fascinating talking to you and learning a little bit more about the street. Thank you guys for having me. No, it's been awesome, Mary. And it's been great to catch up after after over a year. Yeah, full disclosure, like me, Dan and other people from that chat that we have from Jeff's workshop. Like we've been planning a bit t- big get together for some time. It will happen. Yeah, whenever that happens, I might get crush it. Do it. Rob, do it. You're welcome. More than well. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, we look forward to actually seeing the festival from a different perspective this year, Mary. I mean, I hope it, it all works out. So hopefully, you know, many people can can actually tune in because we're going to be broadcasting. So you won't need to be in London this year to, to come. Yeah, so, yeah, great, great. I look forward to it. Thank you very much, Thank Mary. You if you've enjoyed, please subscribe to the podcast.